0: Hey everyone, welcome to Under Control. My name is Paul and today's guest is Dr. Damien Pitts from Cologne Bonn Airport. Airports are a fascinating and vibrant environment of well-orchestrated activity where many independent organizations need to collaborate for the safety and efficiency of the airport's passengers. Supporting these efforts is a myriad of technology systems that exchanged critical data for airlines, airport operators, and other supporting services. This comes with significant challenges both in the operational and regulatory environment. In this episode, we will discuss those challenges from the perspective of the airport operator and understand how adopting secure cloud technology is delivering a more harmonious way of collaboration. Damon, it's good to have you on the show. appreciate you coming in and uh, starting off the new year in 2021. (laughs) <laughs> um, and having a little chat to you today about airport life and some of the projects that you're doing, maybe you can just sort of give us a bit of a background about about yourself and uh, your department particularly, and uh, what you're doing at the airport.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, my name is Damian. I'm working now at the Airborne airport in Cologne-Bonn for mm-hmm. about two years as a project manager in IT, and. It's really fascinating field here at the airport because already as a child I was um, pretty fascinated by the technology of stuff flying in the air and transporting people from A to B. And also made an internship in high school um, at the airport in Zaporizhzhia, where, where I'm originating from. And after a vacation in chemistry for about 10 years, I finally came back to ITs and now actually working at the airport here. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I can relate to that. I mean, I always had a a passion for aviation growing up as a kid and uh, where I grew up, there was always fast jets flying overhead. Um, My direction didn't go into the military as much as I wished it had done and wanted to, but um, I ended up working at Gatwick at British Airways and uh, there's something very special about airport life and and the kind of magnetism that you get from the airport the hustle the bustle the constant operational movements around aircraft mm-hmm. it's like a living organism so i can under i can relate to that you know that draw as it were mm-hmm. with cologne Bonn, um kind of stuck right in between the two cities if i if i recall geographically um Uh, What what, mean, what's your passenger numbers like? What's your operations like in in Cologne Bonn? Are you not an international airport or are you just a regional airport?
1: No, we're an international airport yeah. and as you just said, we are like in the middle, so to say, of mm-hmm. Frankfurt, which is the biggest airport in Germany, and Düsseldorf, I think it's at the moment number three. It's always regarding passenger numbers. Uh, I think um, 2018, we had 12 million passengers here in Cologne Airport. Airport. Um, But last year, of course, that uh, shrank by a lot due to the corona crisis. Um, I think what makes us different is the fact that we are also operating a lot of cargo here. So we are a main hub for DHL and FedEx and UPS, which also have sorting stations right here at the airport. I mean, if I look outside of the window, the FedEx sorting station is directly on the opposite side. Now also can see our big, nice runway where a lot of airplanes can land. I think we have space for every category of airplane. The runway is a bit longer than the one in Dusseldorf. Yeah, I think that's so like the key facts for the Columbine Airport.
0: I suppose you as a project management department in IT, uh, are you looking at the whole airport infrastructure and constantly reviewing that and assessing that and seeing where you can make improvements? Or do you work very much in collaboration with the airlines as well? Um, what's your remit? How do you collaborate and work together?
1: Mm-hmm. So um, that's actually one thing. One, um, The most thing my friends are asking me, oh, okay. can you get free flights? Can you get free <laughs> flights? And <laughs> actually, we are at the Colombo Airport, um, we're just supplying the airlines with the infrastructure. Right. So we don't have that close of a connections to the airlines. Um, it's like business. And therefore, um, most of my job is concerned about how can you improve the infrastructure at the airport to offer good opportunities to our customers. And so I, Given an example, I introduced a runway information system last year, where the actual condition of the runway is recorded by sensors. So, for example, the temperature is there any ice on the runway? Is there snow on the runway? Is it wet? Is it dry? And especially in these conditions now, we're in winter, so it's winter now. Um, you have negative degrees, and you exactly have to know when you have to get rid of the snow from the runway, and this. Runway information systems can monitor and supply all the people with information about the actual condition of the runway. So, this is an example for a project in um, ITs. Um, On the other hand, I think that's quite a more interesting project for your listeners here is um, with the airport IDs. Of course, if you're going to a sense as a safety sensitive area at the airport, you're checked. I'm also checked like every morning. It's the same procedure as when I'm boarding a a flight, and of course your ID card has to prove valid to get into the sensitive area. And you know, if you're outsourcing um, work, it's always quite challenging and expensive. And we decided to totally reverse engineer the readers of our airport ID cards, so we. I'm now working on this really nice project It's an interdisciplinary team with people from infrastructure. We were coding the whole program by ourselves with a lot of knowledge from the application department. Um, on the other hand, we are working with state-of-the-art technology, in this case, 3D printing, all the housing for the devices, putting them all together on our own. and That's another part of airport life and IT projects. And yeah. What you're already hearing now is that living at an airport gives you as a project manager so much opportunities to work and to learn. That's awesome. Mm.
0: And it's pretty varied as well, right? I mean, I just remember my time at Gatwick that um, it's a constant building site. It's always changing, even if you're not seeing it from the outside. You're seeing it Mm -hmm. from the inside. You're seeing system changes uh, Mm -hmm. back in I think, 2000 and 2004 when I was at Gatwick, um, we were still using fax machines and I'm pretty sure that they're not using fax (laughs) fax anymore, but we were waiting for our cargo documents coming from from the cargo team uh, to do the load control for the aircraft and uh, everything was being sent over by by fax. And Mm. uh, it doesn't seem that long ago, but uh, I'm sure technology has certainly evolved and uh, since I've left BA, I know that a lot of uh, dispatchers um, and crew they're using iPads. Uh, iPads were just being introduced as I was leaving the airline business. So I'd imagine yourself have seen, um, even though you haven't been long at, long at the airport, you can probably still see some legacy systems that's still being used and state of the art technology.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I think we're still using pen, pen and paper to get information from A to B. Sometimes <laughs> we're. And um, one of my projects was um, the digitalization for the accounting at the firefighters department. Because formerly they were actually putting their shift times and their special duties onto a paper and were sending them to our PR department, where they're actually putting them into the SAP system and finally making the accountant. And you see, there are a lot of points where, yeah. Stuff can be 40, and thus we Mm. digitalize the whole process. And I mean, digitalization, especially now in the times of corona, it's like emerging to a buzzword. And I think the crisis shows us how important it is actually Mm. to arrive in the 21st century for a lot of companies.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's kind of dragging where those companies have been dragging those heels or those existing processes and practices have still existed for some reason or another. It, it really has brought uh, or shined the spotlight on that it's time to make those improvements. Mm. Um, and I suppose cloud is one of those improvements that that you've made at the airport that you've adopted in in various different ways with technology. So I'd imagine that, of course, when back in the day when I was at the airport, with everything everything was kind of localized and on premise. But are you? Are you, apart from Trezor, I mean, are you using other cloud cloud technologies as well?
1: And not really much because it's just the case, as I said, we're working in a quite sensitive mm. environment, and thus on-premise is mostly the way to go for us. So right. if we're using cloud technology, we have to triple check how safe mm-hmm. it is. I mean, that was, in um, um, regarding Trezor, it was one of the biggest part was was to get the whole cloud solution um, conform to our checklist regarding cloud applications, which is, I think, just like 150 entries, something like that. Mm -hmm. And thus, we are not really using a lot of cloud technology here at the airport. Mm -hmm. I think we maybe have like four or five cloud systems.
0: Yeah, I suppose the airlines themselves are always constantly reviewing their their applications, their technology, but of course, booking systems probably moving a lot more into the cloud now um, for them. Um, What's the situation like uh, then with exchanging information between airlines, especially personal identifiable information? Because I'd imagine... Certainly in my time with the airport still, there was a lot of that passenger um, location numbers. And of course, we collect a lot of uh, information about passengers, but also the airports themselves collect a lot of information about passengers as well. Um, Maybe give us some insight about how that works at Cologne Bonn.
1: Um, sure, I would, but I'm really, really far away from passenger mm-hmm. information yeah. in my project, and I don't have any insight on that, right? Um, that I could share with you actually, yeah. because um, as far as I know, that's uh, that's also outsourced by a system which is in the background and mm-hmm. doesn't really have to do too much with um, the airport's infrastructure from the point that I know we are are supplying them with uh, cables infrastructure and Mm -hmm. network technologies, but the information itself is carried by um, another business.
0: Right. Okay. Um, Let's then think about the personal information about employees at the airport and also probably contractors coming in because you're a project manager and, as you know, um, and I know myself, you have to go through the vetting procedure, which is usually stipulated by by the airport to do background checks on on people coming into the airside operations, um, especially if you're an outside contractor. So you keep all of those in, that information as well, I'd imagine, right? So when you're tracking your contractors, um, you have to t- abide by GDPR guidelines, GDPR rules, mm. plus of the the um, the rules that are set out by the airport. I mean, that can be quite a complex
1: complex. Definitely is. Um, regarding these personal informations, uh, you have to imagine our IT system as like kind of an onion. Mm-hmm. And like in the middle of this onion, deep, deep down in a segmented network, this is the part where we handle person-sensitive information. Right. And as you said, especially with the GDPR, um, you have to iterate and rethink about how you manage these informations. Because if you need, do I, do I really need that information for my daily business or um, is there any other way where I can get the same result without the personal information and also about encryption? Because even if you're using personal information and it's encrypted, you can still not handle it this personal information like any information. So you have to be really careful about the GDPR stuff. And I think it's um, known in effect for three years. And we still have um, to cope a lot with it because data is like the oil of the future and thus it will be very interesting how GDPR Data and information and personal information, metadata, metadata about these personal informations will shape future, the future work in IT.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I know that I, when I had an ID card at the airport, we obviously had a bar strip on the back, and anywhere that you went around the airport, you could be basically be tracked, right? So you swipe through one door from airside to landside. Um, you go through different parts, and so your movements can potentially be tracked. I know some of the guys, that when I was working there with them, um, sometimes were not keen to swipe out of the airport um, mm. they were, if they were leaving a little bit earlier than, than they should be. Um, but, um, you know, this is – I take it everything's moved to a chip base now, so you would probably just put a chip through when you want to get airside. And um, I suppose those those all that information is being collected somewhere. About somebody, about their movements, etc. So, is so, it, so, what is it that you know that you see the challenge in in that? I mean, because of GDPR, has become a bigger challenge now than what it ever used to be. For example, the categorization of information.
1: Uh, I mean, um, let's take this example of swiping in and out of the airport. Um, it's always uh, like important to to check whether you need that information on that point. So example given, if I'm joining the airport in the morning, the building, um, I'm always airside, so to say. And therefore, I'm checked before starting my work. And the question now, we have um, like an apparatus where you can swipe in at the terminal and run right here at the building. And of course, people can see where I swiped in but it's important to check what this information is used for. Can you correlate correlate that information? Who has access to this information? And do these people need that information to do their work? Because of course PR needs some personal information about me, like my account number, and I'm really happy. So I get my money every month. Um, So they can actually do their work. But on the other hand, I don't need the uh, ID uh, on my desk of a person, of a supplier who just entered the airport. And this is like you have to think about the way data goes in your network and where it's handled by whom. And to design these topologies, I think that's like... The yeah. biggest challenge
0: has that been one of your responsibilities going back to the project that you were managing with the card readers is that you need to step back and then i mean give us the give us the kind of if you can an insight into how you plan a project of of that proportion at the airport I mean because bringing mm-hmm. introducing different swipe readers is there's already an existing system in place which is doing its job then you want to replace it so. Maybe you can give the listeners some kind of background from a project management experience, what the procedure looks like, especially in a live environment. It's not a case that you can just stop the airport Mm -hmm. and say, we're going to close down this terminal, this gate, this gate, this gate, and that's not going to be functional anymore because that's detrimental to the operation, right?
1: Definitely. I mean... um 24 seven life is something different than working from yeah, nine to five. Exactly. And especially with this, um, airport ID cards. And first, uh, for example, um, you build up a test environment, you're like replicating the environment you have at the gate or at the checking stations. Um, and then you're like replicating that system on your desk. That's like, um, after, of course you have, um, reverse engineered the whole system and build it all up, you can just then start testing because, um, you don't want to have any failures mm-hmm. in the life system, especially with such a neuralgic system. And then you're like checking the requirements for the users, because especially for the airside, um. Safety personnel. It is important that this is quite easy to use. So you cannot always have the point of view from the IT guys. Yeah. From the technical point of view, but also from the customer side. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is if I, maybe I can ask you? Just imagine you would be a person who is checking out per, a person's entry in the airport. What would be important for you if you check an ID card?
0: Yeah. So when you check the ID card, obviously you want the name of the person. You would want the timestamp um, and obviously the location where they swiped in as well. Those are the first three things that spring into mind. Um, the name of the contractor that they're with. So if it was a contracting personnel, airport staff, um, catering staff, maybe the things. More is,
1: important is the card valid.
0: Right. Is,
1: is the card actual a genuine card? Mm-hmm. Or uh, is it a duplicate?
0: So, if you, you had certain circumstances like that, I mean, yeah, from a security aspect, that's not the first thing that thing springs to mind as a as a person. But uh, I can see that point. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and th- this is why we were like designing the system. How can the people actually? Which is the most important information the people need? And thus we just said, okay, that's from that point of view. Just make um, um just make the screen re- uh, red or green. That's like the most important information for the people working there. The second information is just what you said: the name of the people, the picture of the people, where are they allowed to go, but how get the, how do we get the most important information directly into the eyes of the people using our devices that's um, like the point from the customer and then also getting the requirements and after this like the must haves of a product, we then go like, okay, what would be useful for you? And then things are coming up like, okay, where do I put the ID card exactly to get faster reading, to get it nicer? Maybe we can adjust the screen brightness a bit. But that's already like the second part and the second process. And then they are, of course, nice to have. Can we have this device maybe in red, blue, yellow, or do you only preplicate black? Um, this is like the process when you're going through a project, but always ask yourself, where are we now and th- where do we want to go and what do we need on this way? And sometimes it's even more important, what do we don't need? Yes,
0: and that's called that's data minimization, I suppose, is it? what Under the GDPR terms, minimizing the amount of data that you're collecting about of an individual and discarding that information? Exactly because it's really not relevant, Um, yeah. I was just thinking, it just came to me suddenly that a certain flashback in my head was when I used to go to the cargo area, we used to move um, cargo from the aircraft over to the cargo area and drop it off. We would have to go through that process of going through the porter cabin, emptying all our pockets to put through the x-ray machine and giving the personnel, airport personnel, the card so they could swipe it through the barcode to see if we could gain access to that, whether we were authorised to gain access to the cargo mm-hmm. area. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it'd be interesting to understand, of course, how that's changed over the years, probably that you've moved from barcode to, or you know, the black stripe on the back to so the same as chip and pin or some kind of uh, chip inside the card. In, in that respect of introducing that kind of project, I mean, how long does it take typically for managing that project end to end where do you start out from
1: i would say for typical project the duration here is about one year yeah that's like for middle to big projects from like the start to a productive system Mm -hmm. i mean of course you then have still the cut over and a phase of hyper caring, but mostly it's about one year Mm -hmm. some some are faster some are slower
0: And what was the biggest? I mean, of course, when you run these these sandbox environments or these test environments, what was the biggest challenges? Some of the biggest challenges that you faced that maybe you hadn't thought of, because every project kind of throws up some unforeseen issues or circumstances, maybe negatively, but also sometimes positively as well. Um, is there anything that happened during that project when you were deploying the the card reading technology?
1: Uh, actually, um, the reverse-engineered ID cards—they um, were like a win-win situation for everybody, because as we now have pretty short race and we have the control over the whole process, we're able to pretty quickly implement new requirements from other departments. So, imagine they were like issuing a new kind of um, ID cards—we can directly write a new code, write a new query, and then directly change all of the devices just from a central point from int, from, um, from the IT department. We, do, we are not reliable on any external sources or suppliers because we are in control of the whole process and of the whole devices. So, and also on the other hand for customers and the Personal checking all the um, all the people up there. They're really happy to have new system with a brighter monitor. We can make just like small things. Can you? Um, they, we were asked if we could just um, raise the size of the fonts a bit so they can read it a bit more. In that direction, or in that direction, and the reaction time to changes is much, much, much shorter with. Uh, self-designed and self-managed solution. So, and on the other hand, it's cheaper. Even so, yeah, that's like a win-win situation. Um, another project where I think unforeseen stuff always happens in projects. That that's why there are projects and not processes. And. For example, in the firefighter department, you can imagine when people were, some people in the firefighters department are working here for 20 years. And for 20 years, they were writing down um, their shifts and works onto paper. And sometimes it's pretty obvious that for them, it's a pretty hard change regarding uh, one of their colleagues who is just started working his career as a firefighter and who was like born with a smartphone in his hands and thus it's for me it's then it's really fun to show people the advantages of a digitalized system and yet to show them that uh, it's easier. It gives a lot of possibilities and opportunities, and it doesn't bite you, actually. Uh, technology is a good thing. Just look out at the up, uh, at the airplane. It's starting because of technology, and now you can just use your smartphone or computer to write down your shifts.
0: Yeah, the, I think that goes back to the other point I made earlier, is that um, in, in airport life, um, you know, depending on the the shift work, I mean, we did a lot of nights back then. Um, mm. Sometimes you were lucky enough to leave a little, leave work a little bit earlier, um, depending on certain cancellations or delays. Um, but uh, yeah, moving ahead with the time. So I think that was the next point I wanted to come on to is around mobile technology. I mean, how well has has Cologne Bond adopted mobile technology? The things like iPads, iPhones. And what's some of the the use cases for them?
1: Um, For for example, we are using them in the de-icing process. So Mm -hmm. when you're de-icing an airplane. So this position is made by a central system where they have tablet and clients. So they directly know which airplane they have to de-ice next and they don't have to go back or go by phone and ask. Another thing is also with... um, also, again, in the firefighters department, they are pretty viable as you can imagine <laughs> for the operation of our airport. They also now have tablets if they were, they are called to an emergency to um, get the data of the patients which are later on transferred um, to a different system. Um, we also have, that's a totally different things, tablets in the terminal area to get feedback from the customers. Mm -hmm. And we are also able to put other informations on these tablets. I think these are the three main use cases that come to my mind right now. Yeah. For mobility technology, we are also working. You have to imagine that some people are also coming into... We have a big area. The safety restricted area is pretty big. It's not only... Um, the aprons and the runways, but also parts of the bureau complexes. And some people are coming in here by car. And of course, it's important to know if the car is allowed in that area. So we have some personnel going around with mobile scanners and checking um, is that car actually allowed with that plate in that area? That's also one part of mobile access. And we also um, applied for um, 5G licenses. I think right. that's one thing um, which is not very common for an airport. And, yeah, let's see how this comes out. That's as much as I can spoil right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So you see some promising, uh, some promising changes under the, uh, the scope of 5G. Um, yeah. And I don't know that you can't say more on that. I was just one thing that always sprung because I worked their side and uh, I know that probably for the listeners I'm harping on and reminiscing and uh, it's a bit of nostalgia for me going back to the airport life. I was actually just talking to a colleague last night um, about something um, that was sent to me, uh, which was quite funny. Um, But one of the things, and it was actually to do with the carousel, which is the baggage. Okay. And uh, I think most people Mm -hmm. at one time or another have lost their bags Um, I've witnessed them losing their bags and the process sometimes to get that bag back into the system um, took quite a lot of manual resource. Um, You had to find the bag, you had to pick it up. You didn't know where it came from. You had to put it back through the scanner need to be x-rayed again. Um, Has you seen anything evolving in in that to make, because you've got two kinds of customers, right? You've got airlines, which are your customers. Um, You've also got, the customers, which are the end customers, such as the passengers. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's many different stakeholders involved in the airport life and the ecosystem. But the baggage is obviously always one topic of discussion. Wherever you go, you, <laughs> oh, I lost my bag. They lost it. The airline lost it. Have, have you seen any improvements in that in that area? Um, is there anything that the airport is also trying to do to always improve, you know, the ability to be able to track bags? Because I know myself that the last time I lost my bag, it took them 24 hours to find it or maybe even a bit longer because they couldn't figure out where it was. So um, it's things like RFID. Uh, I think it was RFIDs ever been introduced for bag tra- tagging and tracking.
1: Actually, um, I don't know that much about our package claim and reconciliation system. What I know that we just finished a project for a redesign, but I'm not deep mm-hmm. into the topic. So, ah, okay. Um, from what I know, that um, we had some test systems with, um, for example, RFID, but I don't know um, what's going on there regarding that project. Uh, we are planning actually some self baggage dropping at Colombo Airport at the moment, but that's nothing about um, the tracking of the baggage yeah. itself.
0: And tell me a little bit more about the the self baggage uh drop points so Mm -hmm. i've seen them already at gatwick in fact i think i used them a few years ago with easyjet Um, they're quite straightforward you're not dealing with a a nice friendly customer service agent anymore it's uh Go uh, more in the way of the low cost mentality is that you can put your own bag on the on the scales, mm-hmm. you can weigh it, <laughs> you can pay for it at the terminal if it's overweight. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember I remember that process being quite difficult and very frustrating for passengers as well. Um, that they'd get to the uh, they get to the, the passenger service desk, they'd weigh their bag and then were, you know let's say I wouldn't say an altercation, but certainly raised voices would ensue. With regards to how much baggage was allowed and what they would have to pay for, And then they'd have to go to the ticket mm. desk and pay for the excess of the baggage. Then they'd have to come back again. So, is that something that you're trying to solve with the with the self check-in
1: service? Um, a colleague of mine, she yeah. was going to, um, I think it was Stuttgart Airport, um, where they tried out the a self baggage drop, and I just had. A small insight into the project. Um, I mean, self baggage drop is much more complicated as one may think in the first mm-hmm. um, uh, at, uh, think at first, because um, there's different kind of processes. You have one step process where you are just um, dropping your baggage and printing out your. Um, piece of paper which you wrap around, I don't know what it's called again. Yeah. The, the <laughs> label, like yeah, the label. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so do you print it out at one station or do you drop a first print at the first station your label and then drop it off at the second station? Um, you have to make sure you have a payment service provider working in the back um, for you, just as you said, to pay for exam- uh, for, eg. Um, overweight baggage, um, you then have to the whole IT background because you have the R-ring, it's um, a system which is going beyond um, airports infrastructure where all the um, information about the baggage is stored. You also have the information in your IT system. You have to put them both together at the self baggage drop. And also, you have the customers. And as I already said, maybe younger people are much more attracted to technology and self-baggage drop than older people. Uh, we made, uh, we asked, like I think it was like 120 or 150 customers, and we really were surprised that I think it was about 40 percent of the people who don't want self bag drop, who want like a person at a counter sitting and, yeah, taking your baggage. Mm-hmm. because it gives them like a feeling of there's someone who you can talk about who you can complain about that you takes like 24 hours to get your baggage back and yeah so the personal contact i think something still really important to customers
0: yeah yeah i think that's that's really true as well i mean i'd like to see somebody around whether it's even with the self-checking with the terminals um, so you check yourself into the flight, then you go and drop your bag off and you meet somebody at the bag drop. Um, it's still having that experience that, you know, you're meeting airline staff, you're meeting people from the airport. Um, hmm. To neutralise that completely, I think, would just be – it would be very sterile, wouldn't it? You know, it's just moved straight into something out of the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we need, all, we all need that human touch. And maybe after after COVID – or as we go through COVID, that is something that, that will not disappear so quickly because people will start to realise how mm-hmm. important it really is, you know, to meet another person. And um, I certainly look for that. So I was just thinking on that topic as well around COVID. Um, of course, this has been a, a big upheaval for everybody, but um, I think the travel industry and the airlines are the ones that have really really been hit hard especially when I talked to some of my ex-colleagues back in the UK and as you mentioned earlier you're only working at 70% capacity Um, so what's that been like for you I mean it's been a pretty sharp drastic change both personally and obviously for your department as well or have you managed to be able to continue on through because obviously IT is always a critical infrastructure so what's your personal experience so far with with seeing the changes that you've that COVID's brought about?
1: I mean, uh, that's one thing we could probably talk Mm -hmm. hours about because, as you just said, that much actually changed. Um, I think we in ITs, we are pretty dynamic and agile regarding um, the change in working from home. Because we know how to work with a computer. We know how to work with teams or with other software we are using. We know how to work with uh, cloud solutions, as said before, Trezor, for example. Um, it was much harder for other people to get used to the home office situation. Also, again, um I have people in my family who the first time had like video conferencing from home or also here at the airport and they just didn't know how to use a certain software. So I think that leads to a lot of frustration on the one hand and the other hand, you don't have the social interaction where you can just ask your colleague who's sitting one desk apart. So you have quite a big hurdle of getting getting in touch with people and thus, um, I think, um, and I'm also experiencing that myself. Um, I'm really happy to get to the airport at least once a week to get the social interaction with other colleagues. And that's the one thing that drastically changed about the co working atmosphere, actually. Regarding airport life, it's quieter here. So I, I'm not hearing like an airport, uh, like an airplane start like every two or three minutes. It's mostly cargo airports or military aircrafts. We also have the military station here. And this is, uh, yeah, so it's getting really quiet over the days. And also maybe 10% of the people that were here before. So... Yeah, that's, that doesn't feel actually too good. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to more people being vac- vaccinated so yeah. we can start again with uh, a nicer working atmosphere and also bringing the airport back to life because it feels like sleeping right now. As I already said, the passengers' uh, pack scope went back by, I think, 75%. Last year, and we are also experiencing much less this year, and that's yeah also very yeah not promising for projects at the airport. I mean, again, we in IT we still have enough to work because we are enabling people to work from home. We are enabling our customers here at the airport to um, get the best support they can get to. Um, shrinking that hurdle to work together, to get in touch with their colleagues and to get fast and appropriate answers. But it's some hard times Mm -hmm. right now. And we're looking forward to better ones.
0: Yeah. I I, I mean, I think for those people out there that have never been an airport employee like yourself and myself, um, sometimes during the really really busy months and you see huge amounts of people going through the terminal and it can be quite frustrating because there's so many cool. people and typically the there's more people than the infrastructure can handle at any given time hmm. because the airports never seems to be big enough there's always more and more passengers traveling but i would certainly think that now we would if I was still an airport employee, we would certainly be wishing to get that atmosphere back because there is a special energy and atmosphere around airports where you just feel that people have got purpose, they've got places to go, things to see, to travel, whether it's families going on holiday or elderly people going to visit their loved ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can imagine it's quite a sombre somber environment as being this big empty space right now. But on the positive yeah. side, just- yeah. I think on the positive side, I mean, there's the opportunity again to, to, to take the chance now to review everything and make that passenger experience a lot more streamlined and a lot better um, than, than previously, you know, to give some breathing space to that. And I think probably the some form of testing or some kind of uh, presentation of a test will be implemented, right, uh, going forward.
1: Uh I think so. Um, I'm not really involved in that process. From what I know, we had uh, um, we have COVID test station right here at the airport, which is also used by the city of Cologne. So it's one of the biggest ones here in the city, right here at the airport, because it's also for travelers in an, on- in an outbound flight. Um, and regarding that, definitely some kind of testing must come in. I think mostly airlines will implement it, but I don't really know about the situation which which direction we are going here. Um, What, of course, I um, know about is that we are actually now using that deep sleep time and where our infrastructure is not that much loaded to critical review and just um, make some projects which were otherwise a lot lot more stressful because we can change components um, which are right now not under such a hard load such a big load and that ma- that makes things a lot easier and also the opportunity in digitalization I think not only from uh, the point of view um, on the airport but uh, in the in yeah Germany is, I have to start over on that Um, and also from the point of view for the digitalization, it's a huge opportunity here in the COVID crisis because um, it's like an indicator on how good your business is digitalized and it can also show you like small pieces of adjustment where you can get better or where you are really good already. I mean, uh, some companies, and I think uh, you told me about it, that it wasn't that much of a change going into mobile office because you were already prepared yeah. regarding technologies. So I think COVID also can be a really good indicator for digitalization in mm-hmm. the business. Yeah.
0: And I think uh, I think one thing that we didn't cover, I mean, of course, we understand how you're using It Maybe some of the listeners out there would be keen to understand that as well because... As you say, you're mainly geared to being on-premise with, with, with data, um, but uh, I know that you, you, you've you adopted Trezory, um to use with external collaboration. Uh, is that correct? Maybe you can give some insight.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, we have also some boards uh, which are not working on-premise. For example, our supervisory board, they are not... Um, like working here every day and we need like a real-time platform for them to on the first hand work together, but on the other hand, also to safely um, exchange information. And sometimes also we need um, like a platform, which is uh, not reliable also on Windows, but also on uh, Linux or mobile devices or iOS and Thus, we need um, a platform independent solution for that. And then we stumbled upon Trezor it and implemented it here at the airport because it gives us a safely encrypted working platform where the supervisory board, for example, given can work on presentation in real time. Changes can be tracked instantaneously. And yeah, we're really happy now to have Trezor implemented here at the airport.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I mean... Um... I think some of the things that I've seen that come up recently um, when I'm talking to customers, and maybe I'm plugging this a little bit, but uh, it's our show. So, <laughs> um, But uh, the the ISO 27001, is I'm hearing a lot more about that now, about how companies can become more compliant with that or where we can help them uh, with that. And I think certainly with the end-to-end encryption um, and the digital auditing capability, Um, And the link restrictions that we put on to help customers that need to share files externally or collaborate externally, um, we give them that kind of comfort around that. And I think maybe that's something that you've also discovered when you were working with Treasurer or certainly reviewing Treasurer is what kind of audit capabilities are there for you um, and control capabilities
1: and also to control which options I want to use and which I don't want to use because there are certain informations um, where I'm not thinking about uh, who may not get that information. If I'm like writing... Um, when I'm uploading a picture from the office, from the firefighters to my project team and sending them a link uh, because we're not working in a treasure I don't mind uh, a limited access for this picture for like five times. but And the validity, validity of the link may also exceed 30 days and stuff. But also sometimes I have really, really, really sensitive information yeah. where I can use all the options to restrict access.
0: Yeah. I mean, we get a few customers now asking us, what, could we use Trezorit for subject access requests under GDPR? So when a customer goes in and or a, a person goes in and says right what information do you have about me and uh, they have to compile that information and share it in a secure manner so i know a couple of the companies that are certainly using it um, for sharing that information externally with limited link access um, registration uh, various mm-hmm. other things so i'm glad that you've been able to apply treasure for your particular use case and certainly i'd imagine maybe in the future there will be other potential use cases uh for treasure going forward um we're going to kind of, kind of come to the end of our time now but i just wanted to sort of ask you finally 2021 what is it that um the airport hopes to achieve in 2021 i mean i know we're in uncertain times now but mm-hmm. what's on the horizon for you as a department and maybe as an airport
1: so I think what's on the horizon is a lot of people who are eager to travel right now mm-hmm. because um, with all the lockdown situations, I think people want to travel and they will travel as soon as they have the possibility. And we as Colombo Airport, we are happy to welcome our customers and to help them to travel again.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: I... And to make that travel safe.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it, is that um, I think there's this kind of built-up uh, frustration as well that people really want to get out and the, the tourism industry the and the airline industry will bounce back for sure, um, maybe under different circumstances, different situations. We don't know when that will be. Um, but I certainly also feel the urge or the need to travel along with many of other people mm-hmm. out there as well So and make the airport... A happy, buzzing, and exciting place to be once more uh, in the future. Okay, Damien, thanks a lot for joining the show today. I really appreciate some of the insights that you've given us around Cologne Bond. Um, it's great to have you as a customer, um, and we certainly look forward to working with you in the future as well, um, and seeing what other use cases you can apply to to the Treasury platform. So, uh, sure. enjoy the rest of the day.
1: Thank Thank you so much for the invitation and have a nice
0: one. Thanks a lot. And that is all for today's episode of Under Control. You can find links to all our social platforms and to our guests in the episode description. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Join me again in two weeks time
1: for the next episode.